everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about our journey into the underworld, our journey out of the underworld, and fingers crossed, our journey never going back to the underworld. Fingers crossed. We're, we're silent. Yeah, we're silently crossing our fingers. This was a visual gag. Yeah, this is a visual <laughs> gag of me crossing every finger that I have. Um... And I mean, the problem with Returning to the Underworld is how easy it would be, since the Underworld is just storybook with a filter. With a filter. Well, everybody, I am Beth Elderkin, joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic, other than the pollen outside trying to kill me. Um, The sun is not trying to kill me, so I guess it all kind of evens out. Um, But yay, Warmer weather in Ohio. Yes. I was supposed to go camping this weekend, but then it rained too much. Mm. So, <sighs> stupid camping trips that got canceled because of snow. I about said snow. Hail. Hail. <laughs> well, that's bad, too. But everybody, well, speaking of bad, uh, we're here to talk about the second half of season five. Season five B, uh, just kind of an overview of what this season was, what we quote unquote liked about it what we didn't care for and how we're feeling heading into season six especially second time around and I mean I think that we both are very um on the same page in terms of what this half season was um but I kind of want to start by talking a bit about um like how do I going into the season versus the end of it because how how did your feelings change or did they change i i feel the same what's amazing about this season was i thought to myself i already know what's going to happen they couldn't possibly disappoint me again and yet it just re-disappointed me in different ways simpler ways but it was still very disappointing to watch. Like, we've watched the other ones, and it's kind of been like, okay, whatever, it's fine. But this was actively disappointing and hard. It was genuinely, there were a couple episodes that were genuinely having a hard time continuing to keep my attention. Mm-hmm. Which is not a, a good sign. Yeah, because that was the thing that was really weird for me. Because I felt this was the first season the entire time we've done this rewatch where I kind of felt exhausted at the end of it. Where I, not that I wasn't having a good time because I was. Oh yeah, no, we were having having, a good time still. Good time was still being had. Good time still being had, but like at the expense of the show, not because of the show. Like even when we were having the Frozen stuff, even when we were having the Dark Emma stuff, it was there were some really stupid moments in those, but there was still a, enough moments of quality where I was like there were nuggets to cling to. We this just went down 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 and never was able to pick itself back up, not even for a standalone episode. No, and it was so muddled the whole time and I told you this before we started recording I was having a hard time distinguishing between episodes because it all was sort of and then we were in the underworld and then just stuff happened and it was again that fine balance between chaotic and dragging that 
only Once Upon a Time has <laughs> has really, really mastered. Because there were times when you're just like, okay, let's get to the next thing. Let's get to the next thing. But then when you were like, oh, wait, let's slow down and talk about this. Let's see what this is. We just plow right on through it. Oh, it's... I don't I I don't know. It's like they chopped the episodes up wrong. And so it was just like one long exhausting story. Yeah, and I think one, one of the problems was they they couldn't exist without Hook for one episode. Like I get it, he's a main character, he's a main cast member, but if you're going to kill off a character even if you're going to go back to the underworld to get him back, give yourself some time away from him. Let let us feel his loss. Like, there's no time where we ever feel Hook's absence because he's always there and he's always on the verge of coming back. Yeah, and I do think that there's a part of me that wonders if they... like, And we, we talked about this when we did our like bonus episode when we were talking about the little extras that they made is that they seem to understand what they're doing. So they're not... They're not clueless. They know that they're doing all of this to us and with the characters. I'm wondering how campy they thought that they were being. Because it never reads as camp. But if you explain it, it sounds camp. Does that make sense? It does. And it would be a heck of a lot more enjoyable if it was camp. Like, if we it was more like that, you know, that side story that Jane Espenson shot with Cruella at the bar. If we had more like that... I think this could have been a bit more enjoyable. You know, lean into the puns, lean into the ridiculousness, lean into the fact that you have to use your same set because you don't have any money or budget. Like, don't just be, don't just make it like a serious explanation. Make it a tongue-in-cheek thing. You're at this point, your fans are with you. Yeah, through till the end. Give them something to sink their teeth into. In my experience, if you have made it Die Hard wise to like season four or five, unless they do something egregious, you are with that show until it dies. So mm-hmm. like they could have done anything, but they like this season specifically, they really tried to dig into being super serious mm-hmm. when in the past they literally brought us little Bo Peep as a mafia warlord and made her look like Bo Peep. Like they didn't try to be like, give her like a vampire true blood situation where they're like, Oh, my friends call me Bo Peep. It stands for, I don't, I can't even think of a joke about it, but you know, they didn't try to pass something weird off. They were just like, no, this is, she has a shepherd's hook. It's fine. It's, and that was fantastic. It's why you and I like lost our minds about it. But here, they didn't have fun with the underworld no. at all. It was all super supposed to be super dark and scary and, and serious. But then you've got the guy playing Hades who starts the season one way and tricked us. We were tricked, Beth. We were tricked. We were conned. To at the very end of it being just like happy he's gone, but not in a yay the villain's gone. Just like, thank, thank goodness this person is off my screen. Because if he whispered one more line, I was going to lose my mind. Well, I, yeah, I kind of want to take a step back for for a moment because I don't want to entirely just be like a bummer fest, although I could. Uh, I so guess. let's kind of 
Why don't we spend a little bit of time talking about episodes or moments that we enjoyed? And, you know, we'll just kind of put it almost like in in comparison, like grading on a curve kind of situation, because like I'm I didn't enjoy any of these episodes the way that I've enjoyed my favorites from previous seasons. Like these do not compare. Um, But I'll go ahead and start. Um, I have two that I very much enjoy and I'm kind of wondering, you know, not very much. I enjoyed them. Uh, First is Labor of Love, which was very surprising to me. Um, because it was the one that felt like the, it was using its, its location the best. And it had Hercules and had Megara and they were doing different things with them. They had, I liked the story with Snow White and Hercules. I thought that was really like cute and, you know, gave, gave her, Mary Margaret and, and Charming like a little bit of this funny tension and stuff. So that one I enjoyed. And the other one I did like. Uh, no, it's not our decay. I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Firebird. Okay. That, that's the one where you have Emma's backstory about the jacket. And um, and then you have, you know, the Hook's sad goodbye. And, you know, leaving on that kind of bummer note. And then you have Cruella coming in and being like, I'm the mayor of the underworld. Now I'm going to burn all these phone booths. It was weird. And... It had enough things in it that I enjoyed and it the the backstory stuff did did made choices that we don't often see on the show anymore. So those are mine. So I will now turn to you. So I will say overall, I really did enjoy sisters mm-hmm. because you know we get the we get them together, we get Cora back. We get kind of a hokey uh, backstory about how these girls actually met each other and they have a great time together. That's fine. But I, I do like that we finally get the dynamic of them all together and just, it gave me, it made me want more from them. But I will say, again, I think we could, could debate up and down whether or not what Cora did got her the redemption to go to the good place. Because I don't believe it did. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But I, 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 I wish it would have been something... I don't know. I, I feel like Cora would have completely understood if she went to the bad place. 100%. She'd be like, this seems... This tracks. Because she did the worst stuff. And you have to do so much more legwork. I think I will say, when we start talking about gripes, my gripes is how fast everyone got to turn around their lives and their unfinished business. But... I like the story with the sisters. I do. I also agreed that I like uh, Labor of Love. It it kind of landed a little strange at the end because mm-hmm. Meg didn't really get, I think, as much. Um, And I will say for moments, I do. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite moments is Hook carving into the gravestones <laughs> with his just very like, like, I just learned to write yesterday. And I know he's writing with a hook, but come on. <laughs> Or a chisel thing. Um, I th- honestly, that's a, that's the best I can get out of you. Or I, I can get sisters. I liked it. See, I I was tempted to go with that one, but I ultimately decided against it for the sole reason of the B plot involving uh, James and David because it was so bad. I well, and so that's the same thing. Like with with. When they introduced Gaston and it was like, hey, it's going to be great. And I'm like, yay. 
if they would have just made him actually a good guy, I think it would have worked better. Mm-hmm. Because Belle's regret would have been real, as opposed to her actually defending herself or in her and her people against somebody, her having a knee-jerk reaction to kill a man. Like the man he was like, Well, he sucked anyway, so it's fine. Which, by the way, is not hero mentality. <laughs> Let's uh, anyway. Anyway. Speaking of Belle, um, I think I I imagine we're gonna have a, a tied contender for least favorite episode. I mean, I, I am gonna say the the conclusion to Haiti's story, RDK, that whole storyline, it just it, it 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 blew the chunky chunks. But Devil's Do takes the cake for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's no surprise that this one had one of the lowest ratings of the entire season. Because this one was painful to get through and it 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 was I think it thought it was being morally gray and I think that was kind of the Jane Espenson-ness of it all. But what it was actually doing was um being really shitty. <laughs> I don't know how else to word it because I think with perspective, we recognize that Rumpel never actually faces any consequences for what he does. Not a single one. This whole season, he just continues to do what he does and it's all fine. Like there's hiccups, but at no point does he get comeuppance, which is absolutely baffling. Regina gets comeuppance. Everybody gets comeuppance, but Rumpel is never dealt a bad hand and is forced to deal with it. Like, he gets mad about temporary situations, but then he charges forth. Like, there's never an unsolvable problem. No. He always always thinks his way, schemes his way. Well, no, he doesn't even scheme his way out of something because he already knows the right answer. Regardless of whether or not he's using his power of foresight, which still you know technically exists. And honestly, I think that's the part that bugs me the most about the season is the through line of the fact that gold is... Rumpel is never wrong and no one ever changes his mind. Not even Belle. She gets in his way and stops him. That is not the same as changing his mind or anything like that. It is just... Knowing that they are endgame, spoilers, knowing that they are endgame makes this so much more frustrating and disappointing. Because you could say, hey, maybe this is the end for Belle and Rumpel because, like, she's learning. She actually can't change him. Not even in the smallest way. He's not even kind of domesticated. (laughs) He He is a full feral cat. She cannot get near. And she's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's like, girl, you have to stop. This, no, please stop. But we know she doesn't. And I hate that for her so much. So are there any other episodes you kind of want to pull out in particular for being egregious? Uh, Honestly, anytime they had to deal with the baby. So like the warp that got Belle and Zelina and the baby. Because all of the all of the acting and holding the baby is just so clumsy. It's bad. Why did the baby have to be wrapped up in like a four feet of like, it always seemed, babies are small. This is a freshly born baby. Just It just needs to be small and in your arm like a football. 
I don't know why it was always this big prop. And that whole episode, I don't even know what episode it was. Whatever episode that was, when they show that, up. That, that was a Devil's Due. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when they show up and the weird cockamamie way that they get there is so nonsense. And then it's just like, how do we keep the baby off screen? But we actively brought the baby here. And then we have the I bought a baby. <laughs> we bought a baby starring Matt Damon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh wait, no. Sorry, it was it was RDK. Was oh, okay. The one. Yeah. So where she came in on a cyclone. It came in on a cyclone. I just they they gave themselves a Chekhov's gun that they continued to try to bury. Like, and they were very unsuccessful with it the whole time. I felt like I was watching a writers' room at war with each other. <laughs> like we have to get this baby in the woods. Again, at one point, Robin is fully in the woods with a car seat, just. Walking around. He's just like, <laughs> he'll never find me in the woods. Hades, the god of the underworld, is never going to find you in a part of his underworld? I mean, you got some brass ones, Robin. I'll give you that. <laughs> I guess. An episode I have complicated feelings about. I have mixed feelings. More so than almost any other episode of the season uh, is the Brothers Jones. Yes. Because I really like what it did, but I really don't like how it ended. I... The fact that he gets to go to heaven after everything he did didn't make sense to me. I think it would have been better if Liam had, like, resolved to stay behind to help people out. He could end up partnering with Arthur at the end. You get him one little more extra cameo. But, like, I liked the morally gray situation where Killian had this love and trust of his brother and his brother, like, freaking did a did a bad bad thing i also liked what hades was doing in that episode but then the ending just made it real real unpleasant i just again and i i I won't harp on it anymore but again one man being like oh sorry i I sent you all to your death and then being like we forgive you and now we all get to go to the good place why did they not get to go i don't care what unfinished business you have i don't know who's in charge of the good place, um, which, by the way, ironically, is Paul Shear, um, who was in the Once Upon a Time stuff. So that's wild and true. I just, I love it. Um, anyway, I just, I'm with you. I like the brother stuff because Liam comes back. Someone comes back. Who comes back? The other brother, right? Like he has another kid named Liam. He names a second kid Liam. I think that Liam comes back in Untold Stories. I think so. Yeah. I believe it's with the 20,000 Leagues or something. I don't remember. Um, doesn't matter. Pop-Tarts! Pop-Tarts! Oh, gosh. We get Henry's, like... Sorry, jumping ahead. We get Henry's, like, weird rebellion stage. You're not my dad! Oh, gosh. I mean, I'm I I'm hoping I prefer it over standing on a lion in in Henry because I think we all can agree that needs to be done gone. Yeah, forever. we just talked about it last week, so we won't get super far into it. But that what a again, if you know you're being campy, really lean into it because it just feels like a real big swing and a miss. Because this would be great as a camp thing. More people clapping. More just like, I don't know. Just 
an absolute stadium stadium of people for no reason, like a crushing amount of people who are listening to this child. I wish more wishes would have come true. Why was that the only wish that came true? Wouldn't it have been hysterical if those people came out and they were like, who are those people? And then someone standing there with a 12 foot sub being like, this is the best day of my life. (laughs) I was so excited to get Subway and now I have Subway. Best day. (laughs) Thank you. All right, we're going to go ahead and do a little bit of a rapid fire because I don't want to linger on these like too much. I just kind of want to get our, um, for, for characters. Okay. Um, cause I don't want to linger too much. Um, favorite main cast member of this half season. Uh, Regina. Same. Yeah. Regina. Uh, favorite supporting, like non-main, but who's just like around. Cruella. Same. Yeah. Which <laughs> <Or> timeline. <laughs> Favorite unfinished business story and or resolution. Oh, no. Um, I don't know if I have one. Uh, <laughs> I can't possibly have one. Honestly, it's whatever Henry was just like randomly writing for people. Like any of the unfinished business that Henry was just like writing down and being like, here's your unfinished business. See you later. Because it had to have been the worst unfinished business ever. You'd be like, wonder. Stealthy. (laughs) I wonder if my unfinished business is something wonderful. And you're just like, oh, you just, you need to go find a matching pair of socks. I've been down here for a millennia and I needed socks. Yeah. No, I didn't like any of the unfinished business stuff. Regina's father was a good one. Although okay. I don't think he should have been there in the first place, but that's just me. Yeah, and by the way, the whole, like, uh-oh, the bad place, like, uh-oh, you have to go under or something terrible happens, that only happened, like, one time, and then everything else was smooth sailing. Yep. Like, I I wish that there would have been more. Anyway, anyway. Also, Hercules, you know, although it was very stupid the way that they fought Cerberus, but the idea of it was nice. Oh, we had such he's... a good, solid... There was such a good thing. It started out so strong. You're like, yes, the 12 labors. And he's his unfinished business is genuinely the labors. And you're like, yes, this makes character sense. And then it went in a whole different direction. And you're like, wait, no, not that way. Where are we going? Help. All right. Let's continue the rapid fire. Yes. Least favorite main character. Hades. Ty with Zelina. Yeah, because that's the tricky part. Because Hades technically is a main character. Okay, so like, cool. Zelina. This, I, Zelina, I, I agree. Zelina, 100%. they did her dirty. Uh, least favorite supporting <laughs> Hades. Okay, Hades. Hades. Hey, and Rump. Well, hmm, Rumple's a main character. Nope, still Zelina. Zelina, Rumple, and then side characters Hades and I don't know Blue. Yeah, get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also gonna go with Dorothy Gale for least favorite. Oh, and for favorite favorite supporting, I will also go with Red. Oh. With Ruby, because she she came in like a hurricane with her giant cloak. She stole the show, looked freaking gorgeous, was in my dreams, and then she was gone into the night. And then Dorothy was there. And Dorothy was a poor substitute for anyone who else who should have been in her position. Ruby, would you like to date? <laughs> Ruby? <laughs> like, Call me. I, I love that you set up your own pickup line right there. Be like... Hey, girl, you tired? Because you've been running through my mind all day. <laughs> I- <laughs> all right. Least favorite um, resolution for an unfinished business. 
Oh, like I, I, uh, the boats. <laughs> it's the boats. It's the, it's the everyone mostly because they're there. Second place honorable mention is Cora because I don't think, like I said, I don't think it was earned. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, I'm also going to pour one out literally and figuratively for Antia <laughs> because she didn't get it. She was turned into water there, from the inside. There were so many people that were unjustly just fully murder murdered and you're just you're just left wondering why because again they don't dwell on it it's just like hey we've introduced an entire set and an entire character that i think that you would think was a lot of fun we kill her immediately we get rid of james very quickly the same way we get rid of gaston mila okay sorry yeah let's go back i don't know where to categorize her but that was terrible and awful and i'm mad about it just like burst through my memory, like oh. burst in, just like being pulled, pushed into the river. I it was pushed into our our consciousness. I just I can't believe I can't. I genuinely forgot that happened until that moment. I was like, everything's fine. Oh, Mila, no. <laughs> uh, well, is there anything else you want to talk about with the underworld before we move on to the two part season finale and looking forward into season six? Uh, I'll go back. And now that I remember that Mila was in the season for a hot second, I will say one of my favorite moments was her, uh, talking to Emma and it being super awkward. That was a amazing scene in the street. So you, you're dating my lover and you had kids with the rumples, my ex-husband's son with my hmm. son. My son. My son. <laughs> with my ex-husband. And now you're dating my love. Hmm. Like, the whole scene. And then Emma just standing there like, uh, uh. Like, like you're standing there like you're 17 and you, your friend's mom just found out you did pot. Like, that's exactly what she's... She's like, uh, I'm, it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't think we'd ever meet. I don't know what to do about that. I love that scene so much. Choice. Mwah. There's also a very good scene between her and Rumpel before he pushes her off the boat where they have what I felt was a genuinely good conversation between exes about what went wrong in their relationship and the mistakes they made and how they each could have done better. Of course, Rumpel didn't really believe any of it because then he immediately pushes her into the river. But in that moment, it was nice. I will say I've always really been appreciative of Two healed, moved on characters having a an adult conversation about their past. Because mm-hmm. that's always a lot of fun where you're just like, this is, okay, this is a, the retrospective is very interesting from people that are not now screaming and throwing chairs at each other. You know, people, you know, people come and go in your lives. Sometimes relationships last, sometimes they do not. Uh, it's good to, to come out of it with a, a healthy mindset and perspective. Or a healthy break. Yeah, sometimes for you. sometimes we go no contact, and that's a okay. Yep. yep, I've got I've got that in my back. I've got that in my back pocket. It uh. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like an Uno reverse card. You're just like wandering through, like bah, bah. <laughs> cutting you off forever. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and talk about our season finale and looking forward into season six. The main reason I want to talk about this, Abby, is I had a revelation. Okay. I had an I had a true bonafide Abby Spackle moment <gasps> that I think would have saved the end of the season 
and given us a very interesting story into season six. Would you like me to tell you about this? I've never wanted anything more in my life. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited for you to do an Abby Spackle. Let's go. This has to do with Regina and the whole split okay. of her personality thing. So here was my here's my pitch. If I were in the writer's room, mm-hmm. don't kill Robin. That's step one. Give Regina her happy ending with the man she loves. But she has deep insecurity because she has this past. She has this dark part of herself that she can't let go of. And it's holding her back from having a true happy ending with the man she loves and creating this family. Mm -hmm. And so all the other stuff can happen pretty much exactly as it does. Mm -hmm. And you can end it with Regina splitting off the evil queen because she thinks that's what she needs to be happy. And to have a happy life with Robin. You can still have Robin around. You can still have Regina have this happily ever after. Instead of just like this, I'm tormented and tortured and everything. And I need to get rid of the evilness for that reason. You can do the same thing while keeping Robin around. And then you get this extra conflict of the evil queen coming in and being like, what? You you want you want this? You want a, you want Robin Hood? You want this hunter in the woods and you want to be a goody two-shoes mo- stepmom and have your uh, have your mayorship? Meanwhile, because the reason she gave up on Robin in the first place is because she wanted to go be the queen. So anyway, that is my Abby Spackle. And that's why I wanted to talk about this because it's been on my mind for days. Listen, I love that. Because, I mean, then you can also introduce her, like, not telling anybody that she split and didn't have the mm-hmm. the courage to kill her. Because what an insane thing to do, um, just fully actually murdering half of yourself. Um, but maybe her not doing it or it or doing the thing that happened where they, she turned into the dust monster or whatever thing. Whatever. I would have loved a couple of small things to, to add to your story. Her doing that because of a... Um, bad note she got from hopper like do a full like elsa's parents hearing <laughs> very good advice and then doing the exact opposite thinking that you're honoring that advice <laughs> you need to make sure her powers are fully fleshed out and you know. okay so elsa you heard the rock people conceal don't feel <laughs> what what's going on regina same thing I, be like you i got these to, gloves <laughs> yeah you need to you need to you know like hopper telling her you need to you know you need to make Make amends with that side of yourself. You need to let that part of yourself, like, die. Like, it's not part of you. You just think it is because you're holding on to it because you're insecure. And she's like, you're right. I should manifest the bad part of myself into a human being and fully murder her. Wait, what's happening? I have to go. No. <laughs> but, like, also have her, like, wreaking havoc on the town and Regina not telling anybody. Because she just, like, dresses up as Regina, hates it, and constantly comments about it. And it could be, like, a thing that the the viewers could get. Like, it's Regina, and she's in her sensible, like, pencil skirt and white top and her hair and everything. But she's also wearing so much glitter eyeliner. <laughs> it's, it's just, just like, it looks like she's fully coming from a Fall Out Boy concert. Um, but then she's like, I'm the mayor now. And she's just absolutely doing outrageous things. And Regina can't bring herself to, A, stop her, because that's the evil part of her. Or B, tell anybody because 
I would assume the evil part of her also took her cowardice, if she has any, like the thimble of it that she has. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see that, and we've talked about this. I would have loved to see the what what half a person is, because Regina shouldn't be the same person when she's split, which I believe is how they do it in season six. It's just Regina, but like the evil part of her is gone, and she never changes. That is true, and that's kind of. That's one thing I recognize going into season six is that this storyline's not really going to give us a lot. Uh, I do look forward to just kind of relishing in the return of evil queen Regina and just letting and just enjoying Lana Perilla just have fun with it. But not any more than that because it's not going to do more than that and we know that already yeah we know that i will say again if i didn't mention it the last episode uh the evil queen returning in the biggest prom dress i've ever seen in my life and her hair was so tall and so wonderful and a great headpiece like that's how you reintroduce the queen like 10 out of 10 outfit i want to own it i don't know where i'd wear it probably just around the house while i was drinking a white claw (laughs) just being like i rule but yeah i I understand the good part about it is that that's how we get the Jekyll and Hyde storyline, which I think genuinely plays out pretty well. It plays out well, but the thing I remember is that it was short. Yes. And from what I understand, according to Sam Witwer, which I love Sam Witwer. He's actually, it's really ironic. I'm playing Horizon Burning Shores, the DLC Uh right now. And there's a main antagonist in that DLC and then, like, when I get up close, I got up close with him for, like, a one-on-one, I'm like, I recognize that voice. Also, the face design looks a little familiar. Oh, my God, it's Sam Witwer. <laughs> and so now all I can hear is Hyde and Darth Maul in this guy. Um, where, what was I saying? I totally I have lost no my idea. I don't know. You also distracted me <laughs> with that conversation. Because I will say, oh. when we... Oh, yeah, so... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I do remember now. Because according to Sam Witwer... Um, they didn't like his portrayal of Hyde. And so he thinks that was part of the reason why they killed him so off so quickly. I don't really know if I buy that. And Sam Whitworth has a tendency to kind of burn bridges <laughs> a lot. I, so going into this, first of all, that's hilarious. Uh, because I'm also just picturing the one clip of Riverdale you've shown me. And it's of Sam Whitworth fully jumping out a window. <laughs> Yep. Um, and he I had things to say about that, too. <laughs> I have. Oh, of course he did. He's got lots of things to say about everything. Because I didn't know a whole lot about Sam Witwer going into this season. Other than he was in. Oh, no. I'm going to forget what it's called. Um, he was he was like a vampire in a American remake of a British TV show. Oh, my God. What was it? Sam. Oh, was it the one with like the vampire, the werewolf and the ghost or and something? And they all lived in the house together. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, being human. Yes. Which, by the way, it's fine. But the UK version is phenomenal. Um, it's so much better. Yeah. It's so much better. Anyway, he was in that and that's all I really knew of him. And then it was like, I also, ki- I think I kind of knew that he was related to Star Wars a little bit. And then I started watching his Twitch streams and then he hangs out with like, Freddie Prince Jr. a lot, and they just talk so much shit about Star Wars. Like, good shit. Like, they talk about it all the time. And they just absolutely dunk on toxic Star Wars fans constantly. So when you tell me that he's opinionated and burns a lot of bridges, it makes sense. 
Yeah. He seems so angry a lot for reasons. But anyway, um, I didn't know that going into this. I know it now. And I'm excited. <laughs> because, again, when we talk about, this is where I had the idea about the camp stuff, where it was like, Sam Witwer came in campy. Yeah. And the man that plays Dr. Jekyll also has that vibe of being like, oh, we're being, we're having a good time. And everybody else around them is so stone cold sober. It doesn't mesh right. Because everyone's just like, it It feels like they all thought they were in some sort of gritty police, like, drama. Nope, that's season seven. I know. I know. Well, that's a whole, yeah, that's that's a different thing. But even, like, the way Charming and, and Snow interact with each other all the time, it's always just like, what are we going to do? I don't know. But we're going to solve this. It's like, do you guys have, like, a chill button? Because you guys have been at an eight bordering on a nine for the past two seasons with no chill. We all need to take a break. <laughs> there has been no chill. And I miss the chill. I miss yeah. like just like scenes where they're just hanging out and going. Henry's going to school and, you know, and they're going to anywhere other than Granny's. They're going for girls night out at the bar, you know, things like that. We we don't get that stuff anymore. And. I just remember being so excited for Jekyll and Hyde because of one, the stories that it was promising, the untold stories, and also that they had that camp and it was like, oh, okay, now we're, we're getting into something fun. Yeah. We're finding the fun again. Yep. Spoilers. We don't find the fun again. We, it is an untold story to no fun. <laughs> um, I, I think one of the other things that really gave this back season a slog is that there is no defined amount of time and there is no time limit of any sort they are all vague kind of riddles Mm -hmm. so like there's no sense of urgency but everyone's acting so urgently (laughs) it's exhausting uh and i think that's why it's like i can't tell how it goes because i again we genuinely have no idea. If you just watch the show, you have no idea how long they've been down there. Because they get yep. so worried about Neil being up there that they hunt him via a phone several times. How long have they been there? I shouldn't have to look it up. <laughs> they become regulars. They get groceries. Oh they have an order at the diner. Remember that time we were in the underworld and I had to go shopping and they were all out of name brand saltine crackers? Like, what is that place? (laughs) Well, I mean, are there any final closing thoughts you wanted to share about this other than good riddance Hades, we hardly knew ye, and we don't want to know ye again. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Uh, Shout out to Arthur, who had five minutes of screen time for the ending of his main character story like season antagonist and he just shows up is murdered and now is the king of the underworld off screen but in a good way in a positive way that wraps up the story and everyone is happy wrong except cruella except cruella who is drunk drinking with spike i just I love that that's how they close that story out. They're like, we, we guys, we have to wrap this up. I know what we'll do. We'll put him back on screen and murder him immediately. 
Like, again, we're so close. We're so close to full camp, and we just... Anyway, that's all. That's it. That's it. I'm done. I will close 5B. I'm done. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing, wrapping up season 5B. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts uh, and then a lot of other places where you can get those yummy podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash OUA timing. We want to thank all our wonderful patrons, especially our swan queens. This one goes out to all our swan queens this week. Da, 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 because you got through this half season with us. We're all in this together. And now we're gonna do High School Musical, so get ready for two hours of that. No, I'm kidding. It's oh. not happening. You, we're not gonna watch High School Musical, High School Musical 2, High School Musical 3, and then High School Musical, the series based on high school. I don't remember what it's actually called. High School Musical, the musical, the series, the musical. Whatever it's called. Listen, again, if you're gonna do something, fully lean into it. That's leaning into it. <laughs> well, the last very, very, very question i have for you before we wrap up okay happy is do you remember a untold story in season six that you're looking forward to apart from jekyll and hyde Ooh, i'm trying to remember what we'd we'd i keep saying it i thought i was joking but I, i'm pretty sure we do the count of monte cristo right we do the Count of Monte Cristo. That we is correct. We do the Count of Monte Cristo. We do leagues. Crisco. Crisco. <laughs> uh, we do the leagues. I'm trying to think if I'm remembering any other ones. Because there was a submarine. I feel like I remember liking the submarine story. But then ultimate Again, this is just season five and season six. Uh, being excited, but then ultimately disappointed. Because <laughs> <is laughs> I think that that's where we get like the hook and the... This mysterious version of Liam that I keep thinking happens because I think when they enter the whole like Captain Nemo is there and everything like I think that's Pop-Tarts episode. I think that's a Liam episode. I think yep. all that happens all in one episode and it, it's either the worst episode of television that's ever happened or the best episode of the season because it's the only thing I remember. <laughs> I don't I barely remember what the problem is other than like obviously Jekyll and Hyde and I remember that there's a boat and there's like this weird scene with Belle and then something about killing them I again I we watched the show there are recordings of us talking about the show that we watched I used to take notes while we watched the episodes as they happened and then I'd rewatch them before we recorded I don't remember anything about this season me neither i am like i'm legit kind of excited about this season because i remember nothing like i'm reading like little descriptions of like little details here and there and i'm like what the hell i don't remember any of this i i don't know i don't know if it's just like our brains or if it's just like part of how it goes but again you and i've never rewatched this like i know i've nope. rewatched the originals a couple of times like the first couple of seasons, I'd watched them the first time. I watched. I went back and watched a couple others when we started recording. I watched the new episodes that week, and then I was just done. I have never revisited them in the seven years since we started this. So, buckle up, guys. We've got a lot of learning to do about a show we've already watched. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us through this season. We will see you in season six. And Abby... See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>